Hey, this is Jesse Canton. Man, I am so glad that you took the time to download this podcast. Listen, it's getting ready to be a blessing to you. It is power packed full of wisdom. Listen, as you hear this episode and you maybe you want to be a blessing to this podcast, well, you can hit me up on Cash App. Type in Jesse E. Canty, J-S-S-E, the letter E, C-A-N-T-Y, with the dollar sign, of course. And you can be a blessing. Anything you give will be appreciated. I thank you, and I pray that nothing but God's blessings and his best be upon you. Take care. Hey, this is Jesse Canty with another episode of How Bad Do You Want It? Listen, everybody loves vacation time. I mean, let me tell you, man, I'm ready to take me another one right now. Find me a nice exotic island and just sit back and chill. But let me tell you, it's one island in particular you don't want to visit and you definitely don't want to stay too long. It's called Someday Isle. You know what I'm talking about. It's that island that you always be promising what you're going to do someday. I'm going to do this. Someday I'll do that. But I want to talk about in this episode and I want to entitle this one. It's time to bust a move. Let's go. Yeah, man. Man of wisdom. Man of wisdom. From the pulpit to the podcast. From the pulpit to the podcast. To the podcast. Yeah. Jesse Canty. Pursuing my destiny. Pursuing my destiny. Tell me. How bad do you want it? Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to another episode of How Bad Do You Want It? I'm your host, Jesse. And don't you forget that E, man. <laughs> e Canty. Man, I'm so grateful. This is episode number 231. And yeah, it's entitled, It's Time to Bust the Move. So let's do that. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, God, to come and share what you have placed upon my spirit. I pray that we hear the spirit of God, your spirit, Father, speak expressly to us and let us be obedient unto it. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. This right here is very dear to my heart because my last episode was entitled Just Do It. So as you can see, I'm in that same vein. And my title of the title of my title of my podcast is How Bad Do You Want It? One of my callings is to make sure people number 1, as I always say, make sure you are aware and you are focused and you are committed and dedicated to fulfilling and completing your God-given assignment. Now, that's important. Now, your God-given assignment, because everybody's here with us assignment, with the assignment upon their life. And not only that, make sure you do it in the time that you are allowed it, allowed it here on earth. The Bible says it is appointed unto every person to die. That time is coming. As I often say, tick tock, it don't stop. The clock doesn't stop ticking because we're sitting back doing nothing. But we got to be mindful of that. And it's, it's our responsibility to maximize our moments here on earth. And there are so many people that we, including myself, we allow things to cause us. Here's the P word. <laughs> buckle your seatbelts. Procrastination. We allow that, I call it a demon, man. And I really believe, not just saying that, that spirits are, uh, are there are certain types of spirit that will enhance or, or cause you to be bound by procrastination. Procrastination is not good at all. 
I mean, these are things, man, that will cause you to miss your blessing. And never pursue what God has for you to pursue or therefore I even say, therefore I even say achieve what God has for you to achieve. Listen to this procrastination is opportunities. Natural assassin procrastination is opportunities. Natural assassin, which means procrastination will assassinate the opportunities that have been given to you. I mean, you don't really realize the opportunity you had until it passed you by. Things will present itself to you. And because of procrastination, you will assassinate that opportunity to seize your moment. And it's not just because of procrastination. Let me go a little deeper. It's because of fear. I mean, I'm I'm guarantee you there are some people who's listening to me now who has been struggling with fear. Everybody at some point in time have felt that. Whether you're trying to buy a house, whether you're trying to buy a vehicle, whether you're trying to write a book, whether you're trying to drop an album, whether you're trying to go back to school, whatever it is that you got your heart and your mind uh, uh, intended to do, I promise you fear is somewhere in the room. It will present itself through cloaks of wisdom. Well, you know, you got to be real. I'm going to keep it real. Let me tell you something. I'm so sick and tired of hearing this. Keep it real. Because sometimes you keeping it real is not keeping it real. It's keeping it ridiculous. The enemy is coming to us and causing us to get fearful of what could happen. Therefore, you don't even move because you are fearful of what may happen that has no promise and value that it would happen. It is a demon of procrastination that is a natural assassin of every opportunity that God has presented to you. Procrastination is the art of keeping up with yesterday while you are avoiding today. You're only just worrying about what was instead of taking a risk. And the best way you destroy fear is by facing it head on and doing what you have been assigned to do, even though you are feeling fear from head to toe. I know what I'm talking about, man. Every time I go to do anything that is has the potential to be great or monumental in my life, I sense fear. And some people look on the outside, on the outside, look at you and they think you're not fearful of anything. I am fearful, but I'm spending every opportunity of my life to be fearless. Now, the way I'm going to break this definition down, you can be fearful, which means you're full of fear. Or you can be fearless. It doesn't mean that fear does not present itself to me, but I would not allow it to take up residence within my mind, within my space and within my imagination because it will rob me of my tomorrow will rob me of my today. Keep me from my tomorrow because I'm focusing on what was doing going on yesterday. Procrastination has been called. I forgot what president said this. I believe Charles Dickinson said this. He says procrastination has been called a thief. Procrastination is the thief of time. 
He's robbing us of our time because we keep putting it off every year. Let me say this real quickly. Now, if you're 20 years old, you may not get what I'm getting ready to say. But to the people who have wisdom and have been around, I don't know, 40, 45 on higher, you don't see 24 hours as 24 hours anymore. You don't see seven days as seven days anymore. You don't see a month as a month anymore. I keep going. I could keep going. You don't see. We used to say, wait till Christmas. And man, Christmas used to seem like it take a long time to get here. I do not see time the same way anymore. I'm realizing how short that we, how short of time we have it here, we have here on earth. So once I understand this in my, in my middle age where I'm at now, I'm realizing that I do not have any more time to waste, which means flat out, if I'm going to do something, I got to mess around and do it now because I do not have time to waste. Let me give it to you what scripture says. Proverbs 13, 4, give you a few verses and I'm going to give you some definitions. Proverbs 13, 4 says, the soul of the sluggard, ah, I just said something, craves and gets nothing. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. God has blessed us to have listeners all around the world. And I thought to myself, I said, maybe there's somebody that wants you to have a prayer request. I want you to pray with them concerning anything, your family or whatever it is. If that's be so, listen, drop me an email at jessecantypodcast at yahoo.com. J-S-S-E-C-A-N-T-Y podcast at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. I love to pray with you. And I want you to have a blessed day. While the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. That verse just let out another reason why procrastination is there. One number one reason is fear. It causes you to procrastinate. But also another reason is sluggardness, aka laziness. Want everything for nothing. I believe people who are thieves who robbing somebody all the time. These are some of the most sluggard people it is. And not only they slug it, but another word and another, and I'm going to give you a verse in a minute. Diligent. You got to be diligent in order to bust a move. You have to be conscientious of your time, of your skills and of your opportunities in life. And not allow these things to pass you by. Ephesians 5 and 15 through 17 ESV version says, look, Carefully, love this verse. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, but understood, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That verse is powerful. You got to walk careful of your time, walk careful, but do not be unwise. Don't just get out there and say, it's time to bust a move and start making business decisions just because you're trying to do something. There happens too. You have a lot of people that's just trying to make a move so we can really quickly brag and say what we're doing. We're just out there doing anything. That's unwise. You got to walk carefully. 
make smart decisions. Be strategic. That's left field. Uh, left field is you're so careful that you won't move. Right field is you're so unwise. You're just moving on anything. You want to stay balanced. He says you got to walk because the days are evil. It's getting worse. This life, I mean, the world we living in now, man, you ain't, I, I pray for my grandbabies. I pray for my great grandchildren that I don't even have here yet because I'm seeing the way this world is. So it's getting worse. If you're going to make a move and do whatever you need to do, you better do it now. The Bible says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be just running around, as my mama would say, like a chicken with your head cut off. Some people can hear a good procrastination message, message and just run loose. No, don't be foolish. Move with skill and understanding, knowing, here we go, listen to this. If you don't get nothing else, get this. Knowing what is the will of the Lord for you. Not what your neighbor doing, not what your friend girl doing, not what your, not what your, uh, your competitor's doing. Do what God have assigned you to do. How do you know what is the will of the Lord? Because if you're going to bust a move, make sure we bust the right move. This is how you know what the will of the Lord is. It's not no what's one, one answer for it. But number one, you got to have a prayer life with God. You have to have a prayer life, have to have a relationship. You can't walk up to a stranger and know what their favorite color is. You can't walk up to a stranger and know what their favorite food is. You can't walk up to a stranger and can tell intimate uh, 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 things about them that, that you don't even know their name. Likewise, when it comes down to knowing what is the will of God for your life, you must have a relationship with God because he is the one created you. If we had to use it in the earthly analogy, he is the manufacturer that formed you, that made you. So if you want to know how, how you are to run, how you are to operate, what are you, what have you have been, what have you been designed to do? Go back to the one who's carefully and strategically design your blueprint. He knows your capabilities. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what you was placed here to do. And he also knows what you was not placed here to do. So you go back to God because you want to understand what Proverbs said, what Ephesians said, you want to understand what the will of the Lord is. If I don't do nothing else for you, because I ain't trying to be an average preacher. I ain't trying to be an average motivational speaker. I want to direct you to God, because if you don't go to God, if you go to me or go to somebody else more than you go to God, you're still running in circles. Go to God and ask God to reveal unto you what is his will for your life. Don't let people just point you something to doing something. And you, you, you have bit off a huge task off of what somebody else said. So you have a prayer life, have a relationship with God. It's because I know what my wife's favorite color is. And I know what my wife's favorite color isn't. It's not pink. Because every woman wants pink. I know my wife's favorite food is not this. It's that. I can go on and on. You know why? Because I spent time with her. I listened to her. 
So how are you going to build your relationship with God to know what the will of God is for your life? You have to have prayer life with God, the Father. You also have to read his word because his will for you will also be revealed in his written will, which is the word of God. And I can get off of that and go on another 30 minutes, but that's the main thing. You want to know what God will is for you. And when you know what God will is for you, you embrace it. Cling unto it. That means grasp that thing and let it become the motto, the motivational piece of your life. Because when God opens up one door, he'll lead, it'll lead to another door. It'll lead to another door. It'll lead to another door, which means God will not reveal to you his will, all his will for you from the beginning. He will give you a little bit. He'll give you one. And when you get one and be faithful over one, he'll open up two. Don't you know I'm doing stuff today that I never thought I would do in my life. So how did I find out that this was the will of God for me? By doing what he first told me to do. And when I, when I accomplished that, he revealed something else and placed something else in my heart. And these things that you grab hold to and you remain faithful to do it. My wife and my daughter and them can tell you, man, if you want to mess around and get up under my skin, stand between. Let me think you are standing between what God have called me to do. Because I understand at the end of the day, I'm going to face him. I know I'm not perfect. None of us is. But if I clearly know that God is telling me to do this. And then because I procrastinated or I was fearful or whatever the situation was, I was not faithful to do it. I'm going to have to answer to God over that. The Bible says in Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent will bear rule while the slothful or the lazy one will be put to forced labor. That is a powerful scripture that I don't know if the society today can handle it. Jesus said something that was profound, man. He said that the poor you will have with you always. When I read that, I said, my God, my God. I don't know if everybody understand what he just said. He said something that was so profound. You're going to always have poor with you. And we don't just talk about, he ain't just talking about poor and how much money you have. The poor mindset. People who will always be in position to be put in forced labor. You know why? Read that thing backwards. You know why you're going to have people or, the slot, or people who be, and be in a position to be forced labor? Because they're slothful. Majority of the people are lazy. You can't get out of bed at two in the afternoon talking about good morning and want a bare rule. <laughs> Come on, I can go on and on and on, but I got time restraint right now. And when you read that thing backwards, the slothful is the one going to be always putting in the forced labor. And if you're not diligent, if you can't be faithful over the few, you will not be ruler over the many. This is a promise and a truth by God that will not be broken. We have to be faithful. We have to be diligent over what God has called us to do. Proverbs 20 and 4 said the sluggard, the slothful, the lazy man does not plow in autumn. But yet he'll seek at harvest time and have nothing. Because they're lazy and they won't do nothing, it don't stop them from wanting everything. 
And whenever you want a lot, but you don't do a lot, then you start breaking the law. Then you start thinking about robbing somebody. Then you start thinking about copying somebody. You want an easy way to do it because you're not being faithful over what you have. And you got to know this. James 4.17 says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, to him it is a sin. Procrastination is a sin. Failing to bust a move on what God called you to do is a sin. What are we continuing to put off time for? Why are you keep delaying every year? You keep saying every year, every Christmas, you say, with my taxes, I'm going to do this. We are going to spend our taxes in December mentally because we think that that's a come up and we put promises out there for the new year and never complete them. Always pushing it off because we are procrastinating. We're fearful. We think when we go out there, we're going to sink. But let me tell you something. You messing around with Christ, and when you're operating in faithfulness of what God told you to do, you can't go down. If you're doing what he called you to do, I have seen it. I've seen mistakes that I've made that I had to suffer some things from it. But I also seen when I got back in the will of God, somehow he provided for me every single time. Do you remember the story with the disciples? Listen to this real quickly. Twelve disciples sitting on a boat. All of them have already been trained disciple, which means a follower of who? Christ. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying? You're disciplined. You are learner of Christ. They were sitting out on the boat. Here come Christ walking on the water. At early in the morning time, too dark, around three or four o'clock in the morning, could not fully recognize who he was. So they saw him walking on the water, make a long story short. Peter called out and says, if that is you, master, if that is you, bid me to come. He said, come. Out of 12 grown men, one of them had the audacity, had the faith, had the courage. I love that word. Had the courage to step out and do something that he never seen nobody else do but his master, that he wasn't 100% sure that that was God or that was Christ. But he stepped out because he felt he recognized his voice. He felt that that was him. And he began to walk on water. And people want to, yeah, but he failed. Let me tell you, that's what people do. They're set on, they boat dwellers. They're set on the boat and watch you do something that they're afraid to do and then critique you. Come on now. I say, I'm going to say that again. They're set on the boat and watch you do something that them jokers would not do, too afraid to do, and then criticize what you are doing. That's us who talking about Peter failed. You know the story. Peter began to sink because he got his eyes off of Christ, the one who called him to do it, start putting his eyes on what other people think or what was going on around him, and he sunk. And all of a sudden, Christ picked him back up, put him back on the boat. Now, let's fast forward the story. People, we, we normally stop there. Don't stop there. Let's keep going. Peter was embarrassed. Oh, my goodness. He was embarrassed. He failed. All right. If you think that's the truth, keep reading. Later on, after Christ uh, was resurrected. Christ was sitting on the beach, <laughs> on the shore, uh, cooking some fish. And the disciples, including Peter, had been out all night long. They was coming back to the shore. They looked up and saw Christ. Christ said to them, um, come and eat, come and dine. 
Guess what? The Bible says Peter jumped off the boat into the water and swam to Christ. Now, maybe that didn't do nothing for you, but it did something for me because this is the same person who failed trying to get to Christ before his resurrection, before his death and a resurrection. Now, you would think that this dude said, listen, I'm going to wait till we get on shore because I ain't doing that again. I don't care if you failed once. If you're trying to get to Christ, if you're trying to do the right thing, if you're trying to complete your assignment, if you're trying to find the will of God for your life and he tell you that he's in this area or he's on the boat, he's on the shore, I don't care what it is. Don't be afraid to try again. He jumped out there and says, maybe I can't walk on the water, but I promise you I'll swim. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. I'm not going to worry about what nobody else. Nobody else jumped in the water but Peter. To me, that's ironic. The same one that tried to get out on the water to get to him, you would think he would not have got on that water that way. He'd have waited till that boat got on that, that, that dock and walk on that dock to Christ, Christ. But no, he says, I'm, I'll do it again. Don't let fear keep you from moving towards your destiny. The word, I'm going to give you a couple of definitions right quick. The word hinder. Oh, before I say that, let's say this here, man. I've told, I've said this before and I was preaching somewhere recently and this is what I said to them. Uh, I said, uh, we're so big on saying, and I'm not mad at nobody, but I'm just telling you, letting you in on my thoughts. We're so big on saying, we hear prophets say, God said that you hadn't been denied. You only been delayed. And man, that, excuse me, that makes us excited and we start jumping all over the place. I remember seeing us as a uh, young teenager and I was beginning to say, okay, you hadn't been denied, which means you hadn't been turned down, but you only been delayed. And we act like we won a lottery. I understand the enthusiasm because it's not a completely no. It just means not now. But my mind is triggered to think a little deeper than that. Uh, as I got older and start talking to God and I start realizing uh, about delays, I realized that delays is not a good thing. Delay, uh, delay basically mean not only means to put off and postpone, postpone, it also can mean to stop, to detain or hinder for a time. So I wasn't excited because it's been delayed. I start to ask God, why have my breakthrough even been delayed? Because in order for you to not only put it off, postpone it, stop it, detain it, or hinder it for a time, that means it must be something that I fail to do to cause you to stop my blessing or my breakthrough coming unto me. Another definition for the word delay. To cause to be slower or to occur more slowly than normal. So when I hear that, I don't just get excited. I go back to God and say, what am I doing with my life that has caused or have prompted a delay? Because a delay is not good news. Thank God it's not a denial. But are you just trying to get to the finish line at any time? Or are you trying to walk out the steps that's been ordained and established for you? So we should ask God, what is it that we're doing in our life that is causing our blessings or our dreams and our destiny to be postponed, to be hindered, 
to occur slowly, more slowly than normal. I don't know about you, but that don't sit well with me because I am the one to blame. It's not him. So when he tell you that it's been delayed, that doesn't mean that God is the one that's holding it up. That means you the one that's holding it up. So set your tail down and understand, ask me for wisdom on why you're not pursuing, why you're not uh, uh, living in what you're supposed to have two years ago. That's because we have failed to bust a move. Let me tell you one of the other reasons. I wish I had more time. Another way we can fail to bust a move. And I don't just mean by doing something, but another way you can fail to bust a move is by being obedient to what God have told you to do. I am so amazed how Abraham, God spoke to Abraham and told Abraham that, listen, you're going to sacrifice your son. That means that's flat out said like a T.I. is. You're going to kill the the child that I just prophesied to you and provided for you. You're going to get tomorrow. You're going to get watch this. And I'm going to close with this and I'm going to do a part two on this one. Tomorrow, you're going to take the child that I promised to you for many years that now you have gotten it in your hand and you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to go and you're going to offer him up as a burnt offering. You're going to kill your only child. You know what the Bible says that blows me away? It says that in Abraham arose early, grabbed his donkey, <laughs> saddled his ass. That's what it said in King James verse told his son to go get the wood and he walked out to do what God told him to do. You would think with me, I'm going to leave about 2, 2.30 if I do it at all. I'm going to drag this thing out. I'm going to have me a good old talk with my family. Well, exactly. This man got up early because he was diligent. He knew he had to bust a move in obedience because God honors obedience. When this generation is going on and on talking about radical praise, it's not radical praise that he needs. He needs radical obedience. Listen, I done talked up my time. I'm going to do a part two on this. It's time for you to bust the move. I pray that you hear this thing the right way. Come back, check out my next episode. Know that I love you. Jesus love you more than I do. Be blessed. Thank you. Hey, business owners, this is Rashad Brown with SwipeFast, located in Columbia, South Carolina. We are excited to be partnering with Jesse E. Canty and the How Bad Do You Want It podcast. Since 2017, SwipeFast has been helping business owners like you save up to 99% in their debit and credit card processing fees. So if you process business to business or business to consumer payments, we have solutions that will meet your needs and would love to hear from you. You can reach us at SwipeFast.com forward slash save. That's swipe, spelled with the Y, or contact us at 1-800-597-0713. Don't forget to let us know that Jesse E. Canty sent you. Have a blessed day.